Hello, I am Ariel Munafo. And I am Moshe Ferber. And this is the Silver Lining Podcast. The podcast about security engineering. Hello, everyone. Another episode of Silver Lining. And with me, as always, Moshe. How are you, Moshe? Perfect. Good morning, Ariel. Good to see you. Good to see you, too. Uh, we are the second, uh, second episode after the, the, the lockdown that we had. Uh, so it's great to see people in real life and uh, have also us. Hi, hi, Oz. Hi. How are you doing? Very Finally, good. good to see you. Both of you again. <laughs> yeah, thank you. It's been so, a while. <laughs> yeah. So with us is Oz Avenstein. He already been in one of our episodes. He was talking about cloud penetration testing because you contributed to a document uh, that was later uh, published by the Cloud Security Alliance, which is mm-hmm. titled Pen Testing in the Cloud. And this is the discussion we had in the past. Mm-hmm. And currently we're going to talk about a new document that you're working. But first of all, introduce yourself and introduce what we are doing. Then we talk about this document. Well, thanks for the intro. First of all, good to be here and see both of you again. I think the last time I've been here, it's been a year. Yeah. I think a year yeah. ago. Give or take. Yes. So uh, nice to meet everyone out there hearing the podcast. My name is Oz Evenstein. I'm a cybersecurity consultant uh, working as a freelance. Worked before in a couple of areas in the world. I've uh, been working in the US, in Europe, uh, and also in uh, Asia. I'm doing mostly cloud and application security. To them, supporting uh, three organizations mainly, and one of them being Fiverr, which is the actual uh, origin for the document itself. Uh, I'm also supporting the IDF, and uh, I'm also CSSP certified, CSSK certified, CDPSE, and lots of other Cs <laughs> and certifications. Yeah, uh, yeah, I think the CDP is uh, from last week. I saw you on LinkedIn. Yes, so yes. C- congrats for <laughs> achieving this one. Thank you. <laughs> another one. <laughs> another one to the another one to the titles. Yes. So uh, you mentioned Fiverr. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are talking about basically a document that started at Fiverr. Mm-hmm. And uh, we uh, thank you to uh, Shahar Maor, which is the CISO for Fiverr, mm-hmm. uh, for uh, p- making this uh, document available to uh, all of uh, the community. And later on, we took this document and we basically uh, added some layers on top of it. And what now it is being published as a official uh, Cloud Security Alliance research. Sure. Uh, actually, uh, the time that we are recording now, it's under peer review, but we are planning to release it when the document is being released. So uh, we probably will attach the link to this document to the episode page. Check it out over there. Tell us a little bit about this document. What is it about? What is the target audience? Why do we need this document? Mm-hmm. So what we wanted to do is, uh, first of all, abuse the nice resources that we have in the CSA because you have a good working group. Uh, <laughs> but besides that, we wanted to create a document that really encapsulates all of the controls that are related uh, to API security and to connecting to third parties. So either exposing an interface or connecting to an interface. And we wanted to do something that is inclusive to all stages uh, from design to implementation and to give something which is very broad so people can get some sort of a heat map to use when they are uh, either uh, providing an API or connecting to an API. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, so uh, adding on top of this, um, API is the new way that business communicate with their uh, suppliers, partners, customers. Right on every organization, there's probably some kind of an API connectivity, and it's growing. And this is actually the new B two B 
mm-hmm. as one of your uh, in one of your uh, Ariel in one of your uh, CTO corner I think yeah. somebody uh, was talking uh, calling it the new B2B and mm-hmm. I like this so we have uh, all organization are now communicating between each other's over APIs which means that we need to build an infrastructure that is exposing data that is sharing data uh, we mostly talk about inbound but there's also outbound so we sometimes we connect to an API and this is the document who um, what is the target audience I mean who is it designed for uh, so mostly uh, of course yeah so CISOs can use all the documents uh, but security architects application security architects specifically uh, and also security engineers and maybe some IT security personnel can also uh, use the document and some of the parts are related to DevSecOps because some of it is infrastructure related so so I guess there are a lot of entities that can use the document itself because as I mentioned before it's pretty much broad mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. okay and uh, on top of it API connectivity is touching a lot of tech and organization the sure. business holder the DevOps the security teams the architects everybody are uh, putting their hands into this uh, pie that is called the uh, API connectivity that's true um the document structure how and is it built so first of all we start with a, with a short introduction of the document itself and the purpose of the document and later on we go on to uh, how do we, we do uh, some risk assessment it's a basic risk assessment uh, that we put in in order to have some sort of a prioritization when you are implementing the controls so we're doing uh, some sort of risk assessment that is based on questions and get a certain scoring and we provide a grid uh, to actual to actually uh, decide what is the score for the API itself so then we can decide what api's or what methods we should uh, first interrogate in in terms of controls uh, later on we move to a checklist uh, of uh, security control items that uh, is there to really protect the API and the last one the last thing uh, we also have a part for egress so everything that connects externally and Uh, we also have a list of controls for that and I think we added also to marketplace we added also mm-hmm. a marketplace and also a other other connectivity methods which is not RPI I'll talk ab- uh, about those later on uh, in the brief because th- those are not uh, the important parts let's dive in I mean this first part is the threat management I guess it's basically as you said some kind of a heat map to tell the CISO this is where you should focus and this is where you uh, can let go and uh, let people uh, uh, go, go without so to uh, too many controls uh, give us a little bit about, how the, about this uh, the API that the is document. about to be so exposed is, is an API that has that uh, lots of usage for example lots of people that are connecting to consume the API uh, how many requests are going to be uh, shoot towards this API and essentially a bunch of questions additionally to these uh, in order to measure how the Uh, risk risky is the API itself okay mm-hmm. so basically it's a kind of a guideline questions that you yes. ask yourself or your the business owner that wants this into IP integration and when you examine the results they examine the answers you realize okay this is what this is where I need to focus this is a high risk API or this is a low risk API and people can simply uh, start integrated it basically the question is about the frequency the 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 data that is being transferred or Who is the receiving entity all of those risk management question of uh, trying to scope the information that's right mm-hmm. uh, it's also in terms of uh, for example if an API is public or supposed to be private are there specific consumers for this API are they supposed to use only or receive only specific data from this API or is it something public that everybody can use at any time and generate their own key uh, in order to access the API so I think uh, There's a lot of difference 
uh, between uh, APIs and what we are exposing. So in terms of the controls that we are able to implement, we should also take note on what we're doing there. Just a question from someone that didn't see yet the 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 document we are talking about me using other other uh, apis or me exposing the the apis so both okay. the document fits in for both if you're exposing an api um it also means uh, if you're exposing an api from a system that you already own mm-hmm. or a product that is already made but also if you're developing an api And is also that the document also have a paragraph uh, which includes everything when you're connecting to an API to consume it. Okay. This mm-hmm. is the ingress or the aggress, uh, ingress or exgress that we mentioned before. Okay. Mm-hmm. True. And later on we'll say a little bit about the difference between those two. Okay, mm-hmm. so the first part is risk management. How deep should you look into this API? How deep should you be involved in the process of integrating it? Basically some kind of a heat map. Mm-hmm. The second part is the checklist. And basically we can divide all the controls that we have there into four. design, uh, develop, um, test, and implement. Mm-hmm. So let's dive in into that, all of those checklists, and let's start with the first one. So what, what do we do in the design phase? What type of controls do we need there? So uh, the document itself depicts the controls uh, to different entities in the organization. So we uh, looked on the document and what we're trying to do, and we took the real-life example that we have, And we have controls that are related to the DevOps, we have controls that are related to the service owner, we have uh, uh, controls that are related to the platform team, uh, because we in Fiverr we have a platform team, so it's essentially every, everybody that uh, is responsible for the exposure of the API itself. Okay? When you mean the platform, you basically mean the API uh, gateway. gateway itself, not True. the cloud platform, the API gateway itself. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. it's a, a point that's worth mentioning, that not every organization have a platform team, But there is a team that is responsible for authentication and authorization. Mm-hmm. And saying that, one of the first things that we should do when we're looking on designing an API, uh, and we'll discuss today about how to design API from scratch and not some software that we already own or product that we own and we're exposing the API. So when we are designing the API, we should first of all think about decoupling authorization and authentication from the application itself. So we should have a dedicated service for that. If we are using microservices, this can basically live on a container or live on a server. It doesn't matter, but the service itself should be completely separated uh, in terms of the application design. So you don't want some monolithic application that is running the authentication authorization uh, within the code itself. You want a separate service uh, for that. And I think this is one of the key things uh, in API protection that may help lots of organizations to reduce the risk. Mm-hmm. Uh, of API issues are uh, definitely the issues that are mentioned in OSP top 10. Uh, because in APIs we see today that there's a lot of authentication authorization issues that are leading to security problems. Yeah, okay. And of mm-hmm. course in the design phase we use the standard stuff like threat modeling, right? Part of every uh, application security process. True. So in the cycle of uh, the design itself, Uh, either we as security personnel, or if we are lucky, we already shifted left the organization and then we have some security champion in the team itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we should pr- do some perform some sort of uh, threat modeling in order to create a document that enumerates all the threats uh, that we are able to map to this specific API. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, so mm-hmm. this was the design phase. Mm-hmm. Moving forward, the develop phase? Yeah, so... Just before we move on to the develop phase, I want to also mention with regards to token strength. So when we are designing 
when we are designing an API. Uh, and where the coupling dot indication and authorization, of course, we should have some token mechanism mm-hmm. or some secret mechanism. So it's highly important to uh, know that we are providing a token or a secret uh, that is, uh, with double quotes, strong one, right? That nobody can crack, that nobody can mani- manipulate it, then pass on to our authentication authorization service and then bypass uh, essentially everything that is related to okay. authorization. And yeah. over here, you probably recommend using standards, not develop your own. Which type of standards are relevant here? Right. Uh, so I think the, the most common thing we see today is JWT. Mm-hmm. JSON uh, Web Tokens. JSON Web Tokens. And JSON Web Tokens have a couple of common vulnerabilities, issues that are related to the signature if it's not signed uh, asymmetrically. And if uh, there are other issues that are related to uh, if you sign asymmetrically, but you're signing with a symmetric key, and also uh, issues that are related to the NaN algorithm that was initially uh, available in uh, past packages of uh, JWT in uh, different uh, languages. So today, uh, when we are seeing JWT implementations, we do see a lot of bugs. So it's important to know that when we are on the design phase to understand what is the token that we are going to give and how is it how it's going to look, where it is generated, etc. Okay, so basically what you're saying is uh, authentication is based on tokens. There are different uh, tokens. Uh, JWT is a, uh, one option or pr- could probably be a different option. Even though you're using those standard token, uh, tokens, you still need to think about security because they have different security configuration, different security vulnerabilities that you need to consider. True, even the token itself is an attack vector that an attacker would examine when, when he's looking for uh, application bugs or API bugs. So it's definitely worthwhile in the design phase already think about how we're going to do it and not leaving it to developers to decide on their own. Okay, mm-hmm. perfect. Move on, next phase, developer. Development, so sorry. In the development phase, uh, first of all, we have to take note to safe package usage because we spoke just a moment ago, we spoke about the JWT issue that may arise uh, mm-hmm. in cases of uh, non-algorithm inserted or a bad signature. So what we need to do uh, is to validate that all the packages that we're using to develop the API don't have any existing vulnerabilities. These are common packages. You have documentation that relates to them and a uh, you essentially know that it doesn't expose you to any risk. Maybe the people that contribute to it might be malicious people. We need to understand who contribute mm-hmm. to the packages as well. Yeah. So This was exactly <laughs> the episode that we recorded before you. This is why we're laughing. <laughs> the open source issues? Open source yeah. uh, packages issues. Yeah, yeah. it happens. <laughs> yeah, it happens. So, yeah, I think the, just, just yesterday a customer talked with me about that, that he really needs to solve that and he don't know how. They don't have any security tools on development, but now he wants to solve... Uh, open source issue. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So okay. we can reference yeah. the, <laughs> the the episode before. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so what else can you say about the development or we move to the next phase? No. So uh, for, for development, I think one mm-hmm. of the things that uh, developers should take a look and also security personnel is take a look on OSP top 10 uh, for API security. There's a lot of issues that can be mitigated uh, in development phase. So everything around data sanitization In many cases, APIs that we're exposing are providing excessive data amounts uh, to users. So some data that the users just don't need. And attackers can abuse that. They just can take it and to perform different actions in order to extract more data or utilize the data that they're extracting to perform other attacks against us. So 
these are the one of the things to do and the other thing of course which is kind of true for everything in application security is always input validation and output encoding always understand that no input from the user can be trusted and you all you always need to validate the input and to understand what values you are supposed to receive and to just like throw away everything that you are not supposed to receive and the last thing that i would mention here is probably regards uh secret storing so mm-hmm. when you are Using secrets in your code, you're exposing yourself um, to different issues that may relate uh, to secrets leakage. So when secrets are leaked from the code, these may be abused. So I would suggest that everybody that is developing, uh, it's a best practice not to hard code uh, passwords in the code itself. So just utilize some sort of a digital vault and extract your keys from there. This is something that you can help. Uh, taking assistance from your DevOps team, probably your infrastructure team. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we have uh, basically four major controls. To make sure that you're using the right packages, make sure that you build your authorization correctly. And this is, I think, a very important point. People need to understand API doing their own, when you're doing API connectivity, you're doing your own authorization and your own authentication. Mm-hmm. So authentication we discussed, this is the token, and the authorization is very important because, again, the, the logic is inside the application. Mm-hmm. And you need to develop a very firm logic but on top of it. And of course, in, input validation. And uh, the last thing that you mentioned is... Uh, the uh, no, the storing digital secrets. Yes, the, the secrets. Again, this is, uh, this is all uh, classic uh, application security. This is uh, why you miss it, the, the secrets. <laughs> it's a secret. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, so this was uh, the, the development uh, phase, mm-hmm. testing phase. So... Uh, testing, of course, is always important to perform in a security-oriented manner. Uh, I think one of the common things that we see today in API issues is there are testing environments and staging environments that are just open publicly. So in many cases, when our developers are, are developing, uh, mostly when we're working in large organizations, so they might expose development and staging environments to the public and then APIs that were developed and may consist of vulnerabilities or are lacking controls because they were just in development or were not moving to production where we have probably a WAF and lots of other controls that are already there. So these APIs that are on staging, staging environments that are publicly available remain vulnerable. Mm-hmm. So it's highly important on testing phases to Uh, understand how we are closing these environments and how we keep these secure. Like even when we're pushing code to testing, this code should already be maybe uh, reviewed uh, in a security-oriented manner in the development. Uh, maybe the staging environment has a WAF. Maybe it's available only to specific IP addresses. So we can do different stuff in order to protect our staging environments. Mm-hmm. Different stuff that are related to uh, testing around our, uh, let's say, casual application security testing. So we do need to have a SaaS, the static application uh, testing, using, using a product or even an open source product we can utilize to that. And also today, which became again quite trendy, is using a DAS, the dynamic application testing product. Mm-hmm. So we want to verify that there are no vulnerabilities uh, Using an automated tool um, then we can extract more information about that okay dynamic analysis static analysis are they made differently when we're talking about API or basically same tool same methodology uh, nothing is different well you really need to get a tool that fits in in terms of SAST it's mostly 
I think there are tools that are more proficient in terms of uh, going through API code, but static application security testing is quite the same. It's going through the code and looking automatically for the vulnerabilities. In terms of the dynamic uh, testing, I think there are tools that are better than others in doing that because they are more aware of the uh, OWASP top 10 API security vulnerabilities and they have, uh, let's say, more of a set way of uh, automatically testing for API mm-hmm. issues because these are different issues than the common issues that we will see on applications. So you need a set of automatic tests that you'll have on the platform itself. And I think there's a gap between a couple of uh, tools that we have now on the market. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. interesting. Also for all the startups that are hearing us. Mm-hmm. Uh, so basically what you're saying, static analysis pretty much uh, remain the same. Dynamic analysis needs to be adapted a little because again, the, w- if you're a dynamic tool and you're looking mostly at uh, w- w- presentation layer, the web presentation layer, over here you need to ex- do something, other manipulation on the code. Right. And the last one, the implementation phase. Uh, so in the implementation phase, I say between implementation and testing, after doing these automated, automated tools, we should always perform penetration testing, right? This is something that should be performed for every API. Maybe we have someone in the organization that is doing that, or maybe we have uh, an external vendor that is doing it for us. Uh, everything that relates to implementation in the document itself uh, are items that relate to our infrastructure. So we want to have continuous monitoring and we want this monitoring to be uh, something that we can utilize in case of an incident. So when I'm saying monitoring is also, is first of all, having the monitoring system, uh, but also having appropriate logging uh, that we need uh, in order to perform investigation if something happens. So we can achieve that either by configure appropriate login in the application itself, but also in parallel if we're utilizing some API security tool, maybe we have logs from our WAF, but we need to create some sort of an ecosystem of monitoring that will assist us in interrogating uh, incidents that are related to API security. So essentially application issues. Okay. Mm -hmm. Uh, You mentioned WAF, same question as the dynamic and static analysis. do you think we need the same type of WAF as we do for regular web or the WAF for APIs looks different? So I would say that WAFs are becoming less and less effective as of application design because we have lots of microservices and we have these platforms that are uh, supposed to receive different input on different services. In many cases, having a WAF uh, on the front border is something that might break the application itself. So we see a lot of organizations that might have a WAF, but it's not strictly configured because if they strictly configure it, it will break their application. So there are two things that we can do. Either move the WAF uh, more, let's say, down in our design or in our infrastructure to be closer to specific services and maybe deploy a couple of WAFs uh, applicative WAFs that can defend specific services that are supposed to receive uh, similar input. This is why, and this will be, uh, and this this will assist us to uh, configure a much more strict policy for WAF because today we see a lot of WAFs that that are just there but are not strictly configured. So this is one thing we can do. The second thing we can do is utilize an API security tool, and there's a bunch of these now in the market. Uh, some of them. Are better and yeah. some of these are less, but 
they're different than WAFs, mostly are not working in line. So it's also something that uh, can definitely reduce the, the risk of breaking the application when having strict policies. Um, these tools can monitor for different issues around uh, API security, also give capabilities of investigation. So it's definitely something that's worth considering okay. besides the WAF itself. Okay, uh, can, uh, can I ask you a couple of questions on it? Can you mention a couple of vendors that are doing specific API security? And yeah. The second question would be, if they're not in line, how do they get uh, access to the information, to the data? So uh, they just work in parallel. And if you have an API gateway, so the API gateway is just duplicating the uh, request mm -hmm. to the API security tool itself. Uh, I would mention too that I know here uh, from Israel, so the first is Salt Security, mm -hmm. uh, great product implemented in uh, lots of the big companies that we have here in the Israeli high-tech, uh, has a very um, friendly interface to use, uh, have a good detection rate of those top 10 vulnerabilities, uh, have a nice capabilities in terms of investigation, a really nice product. The second one are quite small now, they're named No Name Security. Uh, they're doing something which is quite similar, but not exactly the same to SALT. Uh, we are now uh, on the process of uh, working with them and uh, definitely interesting product as well and can help this whole uh, API security issue as well. Mm -hmm. Okay, so those were the uh, four stages. Uh, when we talk about egress APIs, it's give or take the same, only a, a bit difference because we uh, have less responsibility. Can you... Talk a little bit about egress API when we are accessing somebody else's API and the different, uh, the different from what is, is how is it different from what we just mentioned? Yeah, so when we are connecting externally, it's definitely something that we have much less control over, right? So we need to to know that we are consuming something that is not somehow uh, impacting our infrastructure uh, in a malicious manner, uh, and we have less control about it. Uh, but again, it's not our data. So there is some sort of a trade-off in terms of security. There are just like different risks uh, to measure. Uh, so it's a, it's a smaller portion in the document itself because again, we don't have a lot of control. But what we're aiming here is to uh, provide this control that can help us uh, to assure who is uh, the player that is around the API. Is the data that we are getting is similar uh, can we do anything uh, to store our access keys to this API appropriately? So essentially different items around how, what is the little that we can do when we are not controlling the data source mm -hmm. itself? Mm -hmm. Okay, so basically it's more about risk management of who are you accessing to and more mm -hmm. about monitoring, making sure that when you, everything that you design is working as, uh, as expected. Yeah, and there's no manipulation that can happen on our side that may leak either our key, maybe utilize mm -hmm. uh, the API in an excessive manner that may consume uh, our uh, account, mm -hmm. um, and our credits in this account for this vendor. Uh, yeah, so we have a portion of risk management and we have a portion of some controls that we can do on our side. Okay. Mm -hmm. On top of that, the document has a couple of appendixes mm -hmm. uh, on top of the uh, parts we mentioned. One part is when you're accessing uh, the company infrastructure with not API access, some kind of an automated like accessing a bucket and accessing uh, some kind of a database or a queue. 
Uh, because of how wide this uh, topic is, we narrowed it down to a couple of recommendations. It's not uh, the main topic of the document. Mm-hmm. Also, we have uh, a part that is mapping all those different controls into OWASP top 10 security APIs. Mm-hmm. Okay, so if you guys are interested in uh, understanding how to cope with uh, OWASP top 10 API security challenges, basically you have a mapping for each control into a different OWASP API vulnerability. And in the last, we have a section about consuming marketplace, uh, which is like consuming a third-party uh, software, but it's more in, in a structure way, and you have less control over the, the process because you're basically importing something that is uh, coming from external. Those are all appendixes, not the main type, topic of the documents, but mm-hmm. it's scenarios that we encountered and wanted to incorporate them in. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this is the total review of the document. Oh, it's very interesting. I'm talking with a lot of uh, CX66 uh, hours now called that uh, are talking about uh, API first uh, strategy. So thank you very much uh, Oz for sharing the knowledge. Thank uh, you guys. And also mm-hmm. for Shachar, like you said, that is really open to share it uh, to everybody. Uh, Moshe? Uh, we will attach a link to this document when the episode will be out. We'll, uh, you've seen the episode page, a uh, link to this document. And thank you all for the contribution to the community. Thank you, guys. Always a pleasure being here. Thank you very much. Bye-bye, everybody. Bye, everyone. Thank you.